Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I talk about the injury to John Moxley. He is out for all out. Who's his replacement, and can we have him back in time for October 2nd when AEW debuts on TNT? We'll get into it. Plus, speaking of what's going to be taking place on Wednesdays, NXT champion Adam Cole, baby, joins us here live on Busted Open to talk about the landscape of pro wrestling and the Wednesday Night Wars. Plus, Stone Cold Steve Austin had some interesting things to say about Universal Champion Seth Rollins. We'll talk about all that on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Talking about John Moxley and Moxley being out because of injury and how frustrated and upset that he is because he knows how big of a pay-per-view this is, but you got to look at the big picture and what's going to be taking place once they go live on USA in October. And I'm sure, and listen, you're somebody that did it at a high level. You're somebody that had some injuries as well. It's got, it, there can't be anything more frustrating for an athlete than getting injury, injured at a big time. No, man, I, I have faced it. And it is, there's nothing that you can do about it. I mean, you, you feel bad for the fans. You feel bad that you're not going to get that check. <laughs> you feel bad that... All of this work has been put in, and then finally, right before the pay-per-view, boom, you're out. So, you know, it's frustrating, and, you know, hopefully that he'll be able to bounce back from it. He said that it was, uh, they know what the problem is, they know how to fix it, and that's what you got to put your attention on, like just getting it fixed, let him heal up, and he's going to come back. He's a young, resilient guy. And also, too, I guess he probably feels like he's letting AEW down. You mentioned the check. You mentioned wanting to be a part of this pay-per-view. You mentioned letting the fans down, and he shouldn't feel that way. I mean, injuries happen, but he probably feels bad for AEW. He knows how important this show is on August 31st. Oh, most definitely, Dave. Like, that, that's that's the big thing. You feel like you're letting your, letting your family down. You're letting your brothers and sisters down. And... Being in that spot before, um, you know, I had a I had a, a bad shoulder, and it was leading up into WrestleMania, and I was in the title picture, and unfortunately, the shoulder went out, and I just you know I had to fold up the tent and go home, and I felt like being in the main event picture that I had ruined the show. That, you know, but that's not, that wasn't the case. You know, like wrestling is going to keep going. Yeah. One piece is not going to affect the whole machine. But how did that, how did you feel? Because I, I obviously never was an athlete on a big stage like you were. And you work your ass off. I mean, Mark, your story is incredible. And the fact that you were able to be a world champion before you ever stepped foot in a, a pro wrestling ring. But then you had to to go through all those trials and tribulations of doing something different, having to change your environment, environment, become successful at it. And I'm sure there was you know people that didn't believe you could do it and you proved them all wrong. And then you get the opportunity to wrestle for a championship and you get injured. How do you come back from something like that? Because I'm sure for some athletes, that's got to be devastating. You know what? It is devastating, but 
the resiliency of an athlete is just that, and we'll talk about that later on. Um, sometimes the sports that you choose, they don't love you back. Like just by the, the money, by the fan base, uh, the people in administration don't respect you or like you uh, for whatever reason. Some of it might be on you. But for the most part, as an athlete, when you get injured, uh, it's your responsibility to go ahead and do exactly what Moxley did. Hey, guys, I want you all to hear this from me and and be upfront. Uh, I'm injured. Uh, it's not a little hurt. You know, I've been hurt before. This is not hurt. This is an injury. I'm going to have to have surgery. Once I get it fixed, I'll be right back as soon as I can. And you put in the effort to come back. Well, sometimes when you come back, you're not what you used to be. And let's hope for the best, which he said it's a simple surgery, that he'll come back and be as good as he ever was. But the feeling that you letting <clears throat> excuse me, that you're letting everybody down is all in your head. Nobody else is thinking that. Nobody the Vince is not thinking that. Cody and and and, and Jericho are not thinking, wow, he let us down. Damn. No, they're not thinking that. That's all in your head. That's that that's the psychological warfare that goes on with an athlete. We create angst. Mm -hmm. and problems so we can rise to the occasion in the hard times. And so if he can get by his own thoughts, he'll be fine. Yeah, and you know what, though? I kind of appreciate it that he went to Twitter on Friday and addressed the fans because he didn't need to do that. Like you said, injuries are part of the game. Injuries are a part of pro wrestling. And, and, and you're right, Mark, that I don't think anyone's pointing a finger of blame at him at all. Not but, at all. But that shows the passion and love that John Moxley has for his new family in AEW. He doesn't want to let them down. He doesn't want to let the fans down. He doesn't want to let himself down. They and, matter to him. Yes. Like, I mean, every single fan. It, it's, it's, man, if you lose one fan, then it, it, it's, it's a trickle-down effect. That person has a friend. And those people have friends, and it's like that whole thing, and then another, and then another. And by a few hundred people could turn into a few thousand people. That that in itself is is hazardous to your the your the perception of you as a talent. So you he don't want he don't want people to look at him negatively. And you know what? Like, especially now with the landscape and them getting to be live on Wednesdays, and they're going up against another show, another pro wrestling show. Listen. Mark, in, in terms of like the NFL, the WWE is the New England Patriots. They have a yeah. bunch of championships and a bunch of Vince Lombardi trophies. AEW is that new expansion team. They're the upstart expansion team that's got some really good players, but they're brand new. They're new to the game. This is a completely different type of team than the WWE in a good in a in a good way in a bad way, but it's different. It's not good or bad. It's just completely different. But there's a little difference though. When when you talk about expansion teams, usually uh, the teams are pretty set, and you you go into the bargain basement and getting the scraps and getting what's left over. But that's not what AEW was able to do. AEW was able to get Hall of Fame caliber guys, getting guys that everybody looked at as being the cream of the crop that was not signed with one of the other teams. So you had Cody, who we said was one of the top five wrestlers in the world in any division. And then you had Chris Jericho, who speaks for itself. You're welcome. And then you got the Bucks. The Bucks are arguably the most over-tag team in the world in any division. Mm -hmm. And then Kenny Omega. And then the list goes on from there. Like John Moxley and Pac. And, I mean, it, you name one guy after another, that's, the roster is stacked. Like, it's, it's a really good roster. And then they have a developmental um, or the next tier of guys that's developing. Uh, what, what can you say? You know, they're backed by a company that 
He's got plenty of money. They're not worried about going out of business. They, they, they're committed to the philosophy of building the future and uh, doing it with their fan base. They have a, a fan base that is locked into them. They're, they're, they're willing to fight. They already, we, we talk about don't choose sides. Well, unfortunately, the, they have cho- chose sides. Yeah. And the people that consider themselves the AEW faithful, they are going to be just that. They are going to be faithful to AEW. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. And I, you know what I hope, Dave? I hope that Andrew takes a little time off. Mm-hmm. To this maybe this whole season, and just heals up, and maybe the whale will fill back up, and he'll feel like okay, I was misdiagnosed. I don't like the way the medical team handled the situation. I took a time. I took a year off, and now I feel better. I think I'm going to come back to the game. That's what I'm hoping, because. He's a young guy. 29. There's only two people that have had a better start than he has. Both Hall of Famers. And he's only 130 yards away from the guy that's in second, Dan Marino. With the best start in NFL history, he's third already. And he missed an entire season. He's he missed the entire season already. He would be number one. Crazy. If he didn't if he didn't miss with a lacerated liver and broken ribs. Like, I mean, he, he has serious injuries. So I can see him not feeling like, you know what, man, this is this is this is not loving me back. I need to take a step back from it. Well, I mentioned about with John Moxley that I saw a lot of people criticizing John Moxley and saying, you know, good for you, karma biting you in the ass. Saw a lot of tweets Such like that bullshit. over the weekend. And you know what? It kind of coincides with Andrew Luck because what did you hear from that indie crowd as he was walking off? Maybe Moves. for the last, but people were booing Andrew Luck. He talked about yeah. all that numbers and all that success. That poor guy was getting booed. Dave, you know, I think they were booing how it happened. It's like uh, me and you hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I go to the front of wherever we are, and I say, look, um, we have some people coming. David's got like a bunch of people coming, like 10 people coming. And they go, I'm sorry, we're at capacity. We can't take any more people. And I go, damn. Okay. I come back to you. And I just sit there. I don't tell you that your people are not going to be able to get in. That's how the crowd felt. They felt like they they got blindsided. Yeah. Like they weren't completely informed. And there were consequences to the situation. Well, the consequences for the fan is Kobe Brissett is now going to be the quarterback and he's going to be starting. He's not Andrew Luck. And... But they got they'll have they'll have to get over that, Dave. They'll have to get over it. And I think that they will get over it. And I think a lot of those people that booed right now are feeling horrible about it. Because they they're over the fact that the shock value. They're over the fact that they got misinformed and they didn't get the information in time. So that being said, I think that Andrew Luck has the potential to take a year off and come back completely healed up. And who says he'll come back to Indy? When you retire, you're off the sheets. You're off the books. So he could he could do kind of like Kawhi Leonard did in the NBA. He left the San Antonio Spurs. He said, look, the medical team misdiagnosed me. They didn't give me the proper treatments because they wanted me to hurry up and come back to hell with me. They wanted me to come back and produce for the franchise. He got bitter 
And he said, I'm out. I don't care how much money you offer me. He took the, the Supermax deal in San Antonio would have paid him $40 million more than, the other, than any other team. He turned down $40 million. $40 million. Well, it kind of goes back to John Moxley. He wasn't happy in the WWE, but he did things the right way. He waited until yeah. his contract was up, and he said, you know what? Now I'm no longer a contractual employee of the WWE. Now I can take my talents elsewhere. How can you fault somebody for doing that? Now he got injured, but to but to cheer the fact that somebody gets injured is just beyond. It's beyond me. And that's those those fans that they're they're hiding behind not ever being there. It's a lot of people that are jealous and envious of people that rise to success in anything. Not not just sports, in business, in teaching, in education. There's people that just they just live the world, burn the world down, Dave. And you know what? <laughs> and, and it's frustrating too because I'm somebody who doesn't play fantasy football. Now that might change. That's going to change. All right, that might change, and we'll be we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. Alex Metz has an idea about fantasy football, so we'll see what he's got in store. But. A lot of these come from fantasy football owners. Fantasy football. So, like, the fact that you're talking about a guy's livelihood and life and you're more concerned about your fantasy football team is crazy to me. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely, positively just not smart, Dave. <laughs> now, you could be upset about it. I almost said man. the word that I hate the most in this world. I almost said stupid, Dave. I almost said it. Stupid is as stupid does, Forrest Gump said. And I'm going to tell you right now, that shit is stupid. You're going to worry about your fantasy team over this guy's life? This guy's got three kids and a wife. A wife and three kids. (laughs) Whatever whatever order you want to put it in. Yeah, they're both important. Yes. And you're going to choose your fantasy league with your buddies. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It made me laugh. Over this guy's life and how he feels and whether or not he can pick his kids up over, the, over his head. <laughs> and some people just lose the passion. Wouldn't oh, you? Man. Let me ask you, if you're a fan of the Colts, would you rather have him play knowing his heart's not in it? Or have him step away and give somebody else an opportunity because yeah, it goes, and clear salary cap so they can go out and get somebody else. It's, it goes back to John Moxley. Would you rather have Dean Ambrose wrestling the WWE, knowing that a he's not having fun doing it, his heart and passion is not in it, or would you rather see him go someplace else where he's going to be happy? It's the same thing with CM Punk. We talk about CM Punk a lot on this show because there's always these little Easter eggs all over the place about the possibility. Is he coming back? He's he's out, but he's not entirely out. But mm. if the guy says he's out and his passion and love is not in it, would you rather him step in the ring knowing that he just doesn't want to be there and it's just a money grab? No, not at all. And just do like Michael Jackson. Leave it alone. <laughs> Leave the guy alone. Can he get a break? Gosh, I don't understand it. It's not affecting you personally. You you know what affects me, Dave? On the days that I don't work, I listen to the show. Mm -hmm. I was driving to a really, really good barbecue place one of those days. Of course. And the signal went out. Uh huh. And I couldn't listen to the show. I was disappointed, but I didn't blame it on on the I didn't blame it on y'all. I didn't blame it on the fact that I couldn't hear the show. I blamed it on the signal. God dang it. I, no signal. I lost the show. Some stuff you just have to live with and deal with. Yes. You can't put blame on somebody for everything. Why are we trying to blame people for every single isolated thing that happens in this world? Some stuff just happens by chance. Shit happens. There you go. Another Forrest Gump reference. (laughs) This is the Forrest Gump shit? Yeah, Forrest Gump invented everything. 
Think about it. You watch that movie, he invented everything. Yeah. We should have statues of Forrest Gump everywhere in the world. We should. I'd like to get lessons on how to play ping pong from him. <laughs> he taught Elvis how to dance. True. Wow. Man. I forgot about that. Smiley face. A lot yep. of, th- he's, I mean, the guy's amazing. Roll Tide. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Stone Cold Steve Austin, on the latest edition of the Stone Cold podcast, had Ric Flair talk about Harley Race, but they also talked about other things as well. And um, Stone Cold and Ric Flair had some interesting things to say about Seth Rollins. Let's listen in to the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Your 30-second or maybe it was a minute or whatever it was, commentary and talk about how glad you were and proud of uh, Seth and just the whole deal got him over more than anything all night long. Well, that's, that's what they're missing. Well, I mean, that's a compliment because, you know, I- anytime you get a chance to go out there and do something like that, that that's the task at hand. So if, if, if that was, and Seth's a tremendous worker. And I just think, man, it, when, oh he, when, when he turns up that entertainment factor, cause, you know, he, yep. he's pretty reserved on the horn. And man, you know, if you go back and watch my promos, I mean, I never know what I'm going to say. I mean, I I have things because of storylines and angles, so I know where I'm going. But I'll stutter or I'll miss a word, or but it, it's all emotion. And if I go back and I watch all of your classic promos from NWA, WCW, you know, WWE, whatever territory you were in, you know, it's nothing but pure energy, which is just total off the charts, and and, and it's entertaining. And everything that you say or everything that I say exemplifies and magnifies the character and made us both larger than life. And I think emotions sell tickets, but also being larger than life sells tickets. So, you know, if he can just learn to amp it up a little bit, because every time I got a stick in my hands, I was try- I was trying to channel and emit energy and people feed off that. And no one told you how to do it. Really good stuff from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Again, that's from the Steve Austin show. Ric Flair was his guest. And he was Ric Flair was referring to when a couple weeks back they had Stone Cold on from Skype to promote his show, Straight Up Steve Austin on USA, which you're going to be able to see episode three tonight after Monday Night Raw, which I tweeted about over the weekend. I got to catch up and watch those episodes again over the weekend. Such a great show. So you should definitely tune in to that after Monday Night Raw tonight. Baker Mayfield is going to be his guest, so I know you're really interested in seeing that, Mark Henry. But um, t- <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. I I've always respected Baker Mayfield. Did. I know you respected him. I, I just didn't like him because he was at Oklahoma. Yes, of course. It's the sooner. But, you know, as soon as the, like Jim Ross said, as soon as the game is over, look, let's go hang out and get a corn dog at the, at the state fair. Yeah, that, that once, once the game is over. Hey, like you mentioned Joe Montana. I never hated Joe Montana. I just didn't but like there Joe were, Montana there people, when, he playing, when he was playing the Cowboys. I, I didn't either. Yeah. But but when he left San Francisco and went to Kansas City, the fans didn't boo him. <laughs> he was so loved at San Francisco that they still cheered for him when he came out for Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't want to see him go. They didn't want to see him go. And I think that um, that's that's the kind of love that Luck should have gotten. And he didn't, not because of him, his play or his relationship with the fans in the city. It was because of the situation and how they found out. And when they found out, like that, man, that's, you my wife always says, please let me know what's going on so I don't get blindsided and walk into a situation and don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm the same way. I don't want to go into a situation and, 
I'm thinking I'm going to hang out with some of my friends, but it's really damn an appearance, you know, and that's happened before. I've, I've gone places with people and they brought like 10 people that I don't know who are friends or fans and friends of theirs and fans of mine. And they, they bring stuff for me to sign and shit like that. I'm like, Hey, I'm out, man. I'm not staying here for this. Yeah, you, you just want to relax and hang out. Right. And and I, I'm not going to feel comfortable being myself and hanging out with my people if, you know, there's fans that are videoing me. A girl did this in the airport yesterday. I, I, I was flying back from Hartford, and I stopped and got a sandwich and some chips, and I'm walking to my seat. And you know how you feel somebody looking at you? Yeah. And I look to my left, and she's videoing me as I'm about to bite my sandwich. I'm like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're videoing me eat. Like, what's wrong with <laughs> That's you? That's creepy. Like, this is creepy. It's weird. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she took off. And I'm like, if I have to feel like that in an outing, I don't want to be there. Yeah, and I and I get that, and especially times when you want to hang out with your friends, you just want to be yourself. You don't want to have to put up, you know, a different type of persona, which sometimes you have to do with fans because they put you under a microscope. I completely get that. But getting back to the Stone Cold comments about Seth Rollins, it's interesting because talking to Ric Flair, and first of all, Ric Flair said you did more for Stone Cold in that 30-second, 60-second promo about your TV show just mentioning Seth Rollins than, you know, the company's been able to do. Now, first of all, obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to be able to do that because in a lot of fans' eyes in the world of the WWE, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest of all time. So when you have the greatest of all time mentioning you, it's going to get you over more than anybody else can do. That just makes sense, Mark. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you Steve Austin, for God's sake. Yes. Like, the, the whole point of the thing was Seth has to turn it up. And build his opponent. Let his opponent, like, downplaying somebody, you're beating nobody. Lift them up. Build them up. Turn it off. Turn off in your head the thing that says, I don't like this person. Turn that off. And turn on the fact that you want to get over this person regardless of the situation. If you can do that, Sky's the limit. The more you put somebody over, the more that that match is going to seem bigger, and the opponent you beat somebody, being, yeah, and the opponent being indestructible. So when you beat them, it's going to be the persona. You just beat somebody that's completely, you know, unbeatable. But you're able to do it. That's just going to elevate your game. But when it came to the stick, and obviously Stone Cold was somebody that was amazing uh, on in promos. I mean, you're talking about two of the best of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ric Flair. I mean, those are the two biggest names when it came to being on the microphone and cutting promos. You know, those are... Dusty Rose Dusty Rose. You know, the uh, CM Punk you even throw. You know, you're talking about the top ten of guys on the microphone. Stone Cold and Ric Flair are at the top of that list. And Stone Cold Steve Austin mentioned two things that I want to get your <laughs> take Henry. on. Well, yeah, Mark Henry, well... Yeah, there were times you were fantastic on the microphone. <laughs> At times. <laughs> oh, every third, every third Monday of the year. No, you were, right. no, Mark, you were amazing on the microphone. At Don't times. Don't kiss my ass now. It's too late. <laughs> At times. Anyway, so <laughs> he mentioned energy and all emotion. Like he said, when Ric Flair was great. Uh, what? What are you? You okay? <laughs> What? I had to go off for a minute. I couldn't breathe. No, listen, I'm giving you props. You were awesome <laughs> on the microphone. Thanks, Dave. At times. Like, <laughs> 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 you don't do that. I'm sorry. I won't, I won't do that anymore. I won't do that anymore. Oh, my God. Now, Pass Ric out. Flair said to. St- you know, Stone Cold said to Ric Flair, when you were cutting promos, you were all emotion and he had energy to boot. I think that's the one thing. And Mark, you and I have had many conversations about Seth Rollins. And both Ric Flair and Stone Cold said it. He is one of the best workers out there. But I've said it a lot, that he's missing a little something. We've seen it happen 
you know, once in a while he'll give you some energy, he'll give you all emotion, but we don't see it all the time. Is that something that's lacking from Seth Rollins is the energy and the emotion? I think he gets excited, but it doesn't translate to the excitement of the fan because he's worried about Seth. Yeah. He's got to worry about how the fan feels. Like, you know, I I want I want to see people standing up going, "Yeah, like they're at church." Say that. Oh, you did you hear what he said? You hear what he said? They they point to their friend like, "Yeah, boy." Like, yeah, you know, people start elbowing you, pushing you like, "Come on, man. You see what he said?" Like that's that's what he's got to work on. Once he once he gets people to buy into the fact that he's there for them, it's over. Because he I I mean I don't know if there's anybody that, that, that can work better than him. I mean, it, he's one of the best. Debatable. He's it's one of debatable, the best. But he's one of the best, that's for sure. But the other thing, too, it's also unfair because, you know, this is Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ric Flair having this conversation. Not everybody can be Stone Cold or Ric Flair. I mean, he, you know, Seth Rollins, listen, I think it's safe to say on the microphone, Seth Rollins is never going to be Ric Flair. On the microphone, Seth Rollins is never going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's impossible. Those, those types of people come once in a lifetime. You know, we talk about some of the greats. Even some of the greats can't be Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But again, no. I, th- I think Seth Rollins can still get to where he needs to be without being a Stone Cold or without being a Ric Flair. You know what? He, he doesn't have to be Stone Cold or Ric Flair. He has to be Seth. He's just got to turn that up, and he's got to amplify what is about the crowd, what, what, what the crowd wants out of him. If he can amplify amplify that, he's he's fine. He's Seth Rollins already. He's the champ. Yeah. Is he too reserved? I think that Seth likes to be glib. And that's okay in your real life. But, you know, like out there in front of the crowd and your job is to pull people into the arenas, you got to do what they want. Yeah, and, that, and that, again, that comes from the energy and true all emotion. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Mark, we were all watching NXT TakeOver in Toronto. So we weren't watching on the WWE Network. That was the first time I heard Morrow's call. Man, is there anybody better than Mauro, man? No. Mama no. effing Mia. Wow. <laughs> Mama Mia! Mama effing Mia. Mama Mia! Mama effing Mia. Mama Mia! <laughs> you know Adam's going to think we are completely silly. Well, he hasn't called in yet, so he doesn't hear He's yeah. going to call in any minute, though, I hope. Can we listen to that, like, hit the call from Yeah, the can you play the Gargano call again? We talk about history being oh, made. No. Oh, we are no. looking at it. Mama effing Mega! What the hell? Now wow. it's there's it's it's one thing to say Mama Mia and he throws that out like he doesn't throw that out just to throw it out. It's not like he's a big ABBA fan or anything like that. Like he throws that out just at those great amazing moments. For him to say Mama effing he didn't even say Mama effing. He didn't say Mama effing Mia. He said Mama effing Mia. He made sure he young on that G at mm. the where at the end of effing. I mean, Morrow is special, man. Man, I, we, we said that right before um, we left for Canada. Yeah, we were like, talking we about got, that. We got to get more Morrow. We have to. And, and little did we know that we would get the match that we got at SummerSlam. Um, 
Adam Cole and Johnny Wrestling, I can't wait to ask him, like, how does he feel to have the arguably the best match at SummerSlam? Uh, yeah. Because it's debatable. No, this a, lo- is... a lot of people thought that that match was better than Brock and Seth. I, I honestly said, you can go back and look at the show. I said that Brock and Seth, it was pretty damn impressive for for the emotion, for what it, what happened. But I also said that there was only one criticism in that match that he had. And that was the fact that whenever I see a bag, I'm thinking it's a bag of tacks. Mm-hmm. And we got pliers and drill bits. It's pretty scary, right? Pretty scary, too. But you know what? We have Adam Cole, who's your NXT champion. And come September 18th, as we've talked a lot about on this show, Mark, NXT is moving to the USA Network. And NXT is going to be two hours live on Wednesdays. And to talk all about it is the face of the franchise. And that is your NXT champion, Adam Cole. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys? Thanks a lot for having me on this morning. We're great. And it's it's so funny because as a longtime pro wrestling fan and as a longtime NFL fan, you know, we have certain voices that we grew up listening to, you know, the Pat Summerall's and the Al Michaels and, you know, the Gordon Soleys and the Jim Rosses. Mm-hmm. But we're listening to the Gargano match that you had at NXT TakeOver in Toronto. And to hear Mauro Ronaldo's call, I mean, that's something special. When, <laughs> when he's saying mama effing Mia yeah. at the end of that match, I mean, you can't top that. It was seriously. I, I mean, Mauro and, and his ability to, to really take a match that is, that is so special to people live in the building or people watching all over the world and make it better. Morrow is so good that I swear there are scenarios where sometimes I feel like the match comes across better when you watch it, just being able to hear Morrow's commentary instead of even being there live. He's that good. Yep. The, the, yeah. the guy, his ability to tell the stories that he does, his excitement level, he keeps that energy up literally for hours. <clears throat> He's amazing. He's one of the best. Well, I listen, I got to ask this question, and and that, how does it feel in the in the landscape of pro wrestling today? All brands, not not just not just WWE, not AEW, not New Japan, mm-hmm. Impact, ROH. God, am I leaving anybody out? I don't know. I think he covered MCW, everybody. MLW, MLW. <laughs> what else? Yeah. IWF. Yeah. CCW. To, for everybody to say that arguably that was the best match of the year, how does it feel when when you get that kind of love and critiques from uh, not only the fans but your peers? Mm. Yeah, again, that's one of those things that you hold really, really near and dear to your heart. Um, for me, it's so special on so many levels because <clears throat> I've known Johnny Gargano for 10 years. Um, you know, we had, we had met before and wrestled before on the independence. And he, he was one of those guys where I hadn't really wrestled him whatsoever in NXT until just recently, where we kind of had this, this feud against each other. And that was one of those things where, you know, we knew if we had the chance to kind of go at it, uh, that we were going to do something special. So, so to do that and to be proud of, of what we accomplished, but then to have so many different people feel so strongly about it being so memorable was surreal. Uh, again, what you had said, when you have when you have fans, more importantly, when you have your peers telling you that uh, that was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, that's more special to you than anything else. Because at the end of the day, the the love and respect from the fans is so special. But especially when it's when it's your peers and the guys that you work with or the guys that you're surrounded by, and when they feel so strongly about what you did and how special it was, that's something that you just remember for the rest of your career. You know, very very rare is it that you find early in career the matchup, Steamboat, Flair, mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes, Sergeant Slaughter, The Rock and Hogan, 
Steve Austin and Owen Hart, where you have a match that's transcendent of wrestling and you have an opponent that elevates your level of competition. You and Johnny Wrestling have found that early in your careers. I can't say that where does it go from here, but what I can say is what's next for you guys? Yeah, gosh. Well, first of all, going off of what you just said, that's exactly it. Because I think so many people had asked why that match was so special or those matches were so special. Literally exactly what you just said is we bring the best out of each other. Um, I I remember we had our first one at at TakeOver New York, the first two out of three falls match. And and after having that one and and the reception that we had from that match, of course there was that mentality of, oh, God, we're we're wrestling again, just a one-on-one wrestling match here in a couple months. What are we going to do to top that one? And then, you know, a lot of people like that one uh, a ton. And then, and then we go into the most recent two out of three falls with the stipulations. And we thought, how are we going to top the first two? And we managed to do that. So the funny thing is I try so hard to not obsess and think about how are we going to make this next one exciting? Um, what are we going to do to keep the fans invested and get them interested in what we're doing nonstop? I just think about whatever I have in front of me that day, whatever I got to focus on that day, I'm just going to, to the absolute best of my ability, make this one as exciting and entertaining as possible. And and hopefully the fans find it that way as well. So just try not to think too much about what happened in the past and think more about what what I got to do here in the future. And speaking of the future, Adam, in a few weeks, everything's about to change. You know, NXT is a big show on the WWE Network for an hour. And now you're going to be going to the USA Network live two hours every single Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, as big as you are now, and I'm sure when you made the move to the WWE, mm-hmm. you started getting recognized more and more people coming up to you. Now you're going Absolutely. national, my friend. I mean, <laughs> like, what's it going to be like for you? And, and how proud are you? Because like I said, you're the champ. You're the face of the franchise. You know, what are your feelings about this move? It's such a cool time. Because um, I've said this before, but you know, when I got to, to NXT two years ago, that one of the coolest things for me is seeing the growth of the brand kind of as time has gone on. Like e- even from when I got here a little over two years ago to now, obviously with this jump to USA Network, it's like month by month, there's been slowly but surely little things where the brand has continued to grow or more and more people checked it out and watched it. Um, I'm incredibly proud of our team. I-, I stand by the fact that I really do think bell to bell NXT puts on the best shows on the planet. I stand by that. I'm I'm really proud of our group. So to now get the chance to do that on such a huge stage weekly on USA Network, two hours live every week, it's exciting, man. Like I I just think about how how cool and how how it's going to put our team in such a different situation, such a high-pressure situation, but in a good way because I feel like a lot of us uh, do our best work when we're under high-pressure situations. So I, I know there's a reason we got to this point. I, I know that working live television every single week is much different than what we've been doing, but I stand by the fact that I think NXT is going to knock it out of the park, man. I can't wait. Talent, talent rises to the top. I think that if you put unbelievable talent in any situation, uh, you're going to get a good product. Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about it being live because now some impromptu things will happen that'll be more yeah. exciting than what you plan. Absolutely. So, you know, with that in mind, y'all go out there and knock it out the box. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We will. I promise you. And what were your thoughts when you first found out? Because there was always the rumors about it, but like when you first knew officially that this was going to happen, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so that was the thing, exactly what you had said. We had kind of heard rumblings for weeks, like something big was about to go down, and, and no one could really obviously pinpoint exactly what it was. So there was a lot of excitement for many weeks leading into this. And uh, initially, again, I was stoked. Like it, it wasn't so much, of course, there's a little bit of nerves, and of course it's a lot more pressure. But I, I again, and not to sound like a broken record, but I, but I stand so strongly behind the fact that this NXT roster is better than it's ever been, that just being put in a situation where so many more people get to see us, I am convinced that we'll get a lot of people who have never watched NXT before tune in and watch our show and say, 
oh yeah, I'm going to follow NXT every week now. I'm just I'm fully confident in it. Um, so yeah, very excited, uh, excited for the future. It, it's just going to be awesome. There's there's a different feeling like w- when we would do the takeover events, for example. There's a different level of pressure and excitement that goes into something that is live. Kind of exactly what you guys have touched base on. So now getting the chance to do that every week, I feel like just all of us and our work and uh, the way we view things and just being on top of our game, you have no choice but to be in that situation week after week. So I think it's going to make all of us even better. And it's so – oh, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. You're, you're a young guy. You, were, yeah. you, were you watching uh, when Monday Night Wars happened? Oh, yeah, that's exactly when I started getting into wrestling, actually. Yep. Okay. Well, I, I feel like in, in my heart of hearts that uh, now that you're going to be head-to-head um, with AEW, mm-hmm. that there's going to be kind of a Monday Night Wars feeling on Wednesdays. Sure. And sure. I'm sure that it'll be like it was back then. There'll be monitors with both shows on. Mm-hmm. And people will be watching segment for segment, trying to figure out like you know what the flow of their show is as opposed to the show the, the flow of ours. Um, and I say ours because I'm I'm still a in the heart of hearts a, a WWE guy, um, but I have to as a journalist and as a, um, a radio host report the news from all sides and do it impartially. And I know for a fact that there is going to be a lot of competition uh, when you put Jericho and Cody and the Bucks on, on that program. Uh, Are y'all, are y'all ready for a war? Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, First and foremost, I think a big reason that, that NXT has gotten to where we have, there's no choice and there's, there's no question of course, there's going to be a lot of comparisons. Obviously, we're going live at the exact same time. There's these new Wednesday night wars that people are calling it. But NXT did get to the USA Network based on the work within NXT. You know, I, I've been hearing for weeks and weeks and weeks that um, NXT is a third brand. It's a legitimate third brand. And now we have the chance to prove that uh, on the USA Network. And, and for me, it just creates such an exciting situation for wrestling fans. We had talked about this kind of briefly or at the beginning, or Mark, I think you would touch base on it. You'd listed so many great wrestling promotions all across the world. There's so many different options for people to watch and enjoy different types of wrestling or different promotions. So as a fan and as a wrestler, at least for me, I've been doing this for a little over 11 years. It's never been a more exciting time. It's just been unbelievable. So, of course, I think there's going to be comparison. Uh, Of course, I think there are going to be fans who watch both and compare the shows. And to me, it's just amazing that in my lifetime that's happening again. I, I think it's so so cool, and I, I'm well, I'm excited for it, and I know our team is ready for it. When you say when you said third brand, we don't mean third ranked. We mean the third in conception. Yes, uh, Raw came first, SmackDown came second, and now here's NXT, which I hope that the name is changed from NXT to take over to something else. Yeah, but um, because it's not who's next. Is is it's, it's who's now. Yep. It's mm-hmm. right now. Like it, the the war is imminent. You can see the two uh, fields of battle being filled by opposite sides, and eventually those guys are going to touch, and it's coming. It's inevitable, and I I want to I want to be first one to say that uh, I think that the match that you had at SummerSlam was the was the best match of the year. Um, I, I, at the moment of being in Toronto, I thought that Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar's match was the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to do a Tommy dreamer right here in flip flop. And not just because you're on the show, <laughs> but because of what you said, uh, when you came on, when we started talking about Morrow, Morrow yeah. did such a great job of, giving the lifeblood to that match and, and telling everybody what was going on. Like if, if you were blind right. and I, once I watched the match again, I watched it with my son and my son said, dad, this is unbelievable. <laughs> and, and I just kept saying to him, look at the bag, Jacob, look at the bag on the fence. 
they're going to dump out the tax. And he said, he said, no. And I said, yeah, whenever you see the bag, that's when the tax come out. And his bag filled out. And it was like pliers and hammers. And I was like, where the hell are the tax? Like the job. doing something the, different, the, the, the job, Did y'all intentionally know that I love the tax and y'all took the tax? <laughs> oh my that was God. it. It was just for you. Yeah, just for you. Oh, you know, it's funny. Is there there was discussion it, it, because it's like you said, there are certain guarantees in wrestling, and and lots of times when you got a bag like that, we're ninety nine point nine percent sure that thumbtacks are coming out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was unbelievably awesome, uh, even without the tax. <laughs> me being me being silly and almost choking myself to death right here, but it was like unbelievable, man. I, I'm really proud of y'all's work. I see the future is bright in the business, um, and I, I wish y'all the best. No, thank you very much, Mark. That means a ton. And also, too, Mark, you can't say Tommy Dreamer flip flop, and Tommy doesn't flip anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That, well, we we know that. Dave. Yeah, and, and Adam, thanks thanks so much for the time. And you know, the last time you were here in studio with us, you know, and this tells you the expansion of what's going on in this business right now. The last time Adam Cole was here in studio, we were doing this show from like an abandoned office here at Sirius XM. Now we got the the biggest studio here. It just tells you how big this business is getting. So they got us in the big studio. We got a big staff. My paycheck is still the same. But you know what I'm talking about, Adam. Like things are changing for this business. It's getting bigger and better. And it's funny that the last time you were in here, you were sharing the studio with Cody Rhodes. And now we're looking at the landscape and how much it's changed. It really is just a great time to be a fan of this business. It seriously is, and that and that's what has me the most excited. Uh, because again, I know I touched base on this, but just not only for the wrestlers, but for the fans, there is so much crazy, exciting stuff that's coming up. Um, it, it has me excited. I know the fans are really excited. Wrestling has is really going through a hot new period right now, and I'm really, really pumped. I get to be a serious part of it. And don't forget, like, Wednesday nights is yours. As far as I know, NXT has always been on Wednesday nights, so Wednesday nights that's is right. yours. Of course, of course. And I'm I, speaking of being excited and paychecks, uh, I'm sure that y'all are going to be excited when you see your next paycheck after yeah. after a pay per view. <laughs> yeah, now we that you're, hope now so. that you're live yeah. on television, y'all going to get ad money, so the prices, the money's going to go up. It, right, right. So good news across the board for everybody. And again, NXT moving to USA September 18th, live for two hours every single Wednesday. And as I said before, the face of the franchise, your NXT champion, Adam Cole. Adam, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate hey, thank you, you guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.